Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. What's up? Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. Hope hope all's well. Hope you're <laughs> doing okay. I was just looking around. I'm like, there's nothing, there's not one thing natural about this environment. Oh, I know. And it just made me <laughs> really sad. I was like, why do I feel really tired right now? And I'm like, yeah. there's 0% anything natural that's going on. Y'all, when you're in a, yeah, the studio vibes, it's, though we love our studio, the, the unnatural light, the cameras. No fresh air. No fresh air. There's no plants in here. There's not they don't a really live stitch very of green. well. I know. There's not a stitch of green. <laughs> My feet are touching velvet. <laughs> I was like, whoa, there's Dude, nothing know. natural about this. I know. Are you worried about that in New York? No, actually, yeah, I've been thinking about our space a lot and just how I'm like, I kind of feel like a a bird in a perch because it is pretty high up. And I had a really sweet, I should actually look it up, girl in our community Mm -hmm. reach out and she has a plant brand up in Maine. And she messaged me and she's like, I would love to make your plant dreams come true in your new apartment. And I was like, wow, that's actually really, I'm like kind of taken aback by that because- That's a dream. Yeah. It's like kind of my number one for my space. I have a bunch of plants in my room and we have a bunch in in the office space and it just brings me so much joy. And I just love seeing green and like tending to them and whatever. And so her and her husband, like they're going to help me do that and like drive them down from Maine and just kind of like, it's, it's with a lot of love so I was just kind of like- That's a dream. Taken aback. So yeah, I, and, and we live in it, we're going to be living in a neighborhood and this is actually coming out after we move, but in Brooklyn Heights that has like parks, it's two blocks from the water. So I have mm. like my elements. It's not going to be, you know, a freaking hike over by the Pacific Ocean, but I am really thankful that um, I do have kind of that like reprise mm-hmm. a little bit close by. So, and we're in Brooklyn. So it's not like yeah. middle of the city. Brooklyn's the best. And oh, for yeah. anyone who's new or hasn't listened in a while, so Lindsay has moved to New York City. She's in, uh-huh. not New York City, but she's moved to Brooklyn. So she's living in Brooklyn right now and all the green. Yep. Oh, I just wanted to uh, share that brand, East Pine Plant Shop. Love that. In Maine, East Pine underscore plant shop on Instagram. And I'll, um, I'm sure I'll keep you guys posted with pictures and stuff when I get it, but... Just so kind, but yes, I am currently in New York. Currently in New York. Yeah, we had a healing session with Aaron Rose. So we've been working with Aaron Rose, our coach, for a year now, over a year, two years. I love time with you. I love time. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a very year, good I'm at like, it. I think honestly, Do you know what's so weird? Three is on a day to day basis. I am <laughs> time obsessed. Yeah, oh, and I know. on a long term basis, I'm. Zero percent. You said a you said a like a time the other day, and I was like, "Freaky, what? <laughs> Freaky." I, well, it's but about energy, I think baby. I think you're close. I think it's like it honestly feels like two and a half, three to me, but I might be overshooting it because I mean, I remember sitting like on our old like the old apartment where we had the studio on the floor. Holy like, shit! Almost like before I really decorated that place. So I think it's like. He was at the older place. Oh, yeah. He would come Whoa. over. So I think it's two and a half, three. God. We'll see. We'll see. We can ask We're him. We're still bitching about the same old shit. <laughs> That's what fucking kills me about this. I don't... I, with I, my therapist and with evolved, a coach. I'm like, we've but, talked about this topic twice. This should be done. 
Yeah. It's I a, hate that with my therapist. I'm like, yeah. I am very much resisting talking about because I feel like it's boring. Yeah. Well, I think also that helps sometimes because you get sick of your own shit. hundred percent. And you hit that breaking, po- breaking point when you're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm actually this is over old. this. Yeah. This is old. Or you shame yourself so much <laughs> that you silence yourself. Yeah, Either that or I'm completely silencing how I feel by shaming myself <laughs> into not speaking. Uh, but we had a really beautiful session mm-hmm. recently just on the move. And, yes. you know, our relationship as business partners, as best friends, and mm-hmm. how it just brings up a lot. <laughs> you guys are probably like, you're so fucking dramatic <laughs> because <laughs> the way that we talk about it, it's mostly me. No, is that it's not. No, it's, it's just not. very dramatic, but it's very truthful. Like we've been well, together. I think we're actually willing to feel all of the yes. things that are coming up and not to say that you guys out there aren't, but I do think that we find ourselves in situations where we're like, okay, this is too much. I'm just going to keep going yes. with this transition and like figure it out eventually. But we're actually, <laughs> yeah, we're kind of stopping in real time and being like, whoa, what is coming up here? And like, also how can we tend to this ongoing, you know? Yes. And ha- yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if I've ever felt allowed myself to feel as much during a transition. Same. You know? Yeah. Even, oh, I'm thinking about even when I moved into, so I was in Chicago before and then I moved in with Justin and it was a hard transition. You know, I was so deeply in love, but it was, I went from Chicago being with my friends 24-7 to being in the studio in New York and living with someone Mm -hmm. that I didn't, we didn't even really know each other that well. And I was like having, and I don't think I was able to really feel my feelings. So it came out in kind of weird ways. Totally. So to have your feelings sort of understood enough where you're able to guide them where they need to go is like a definitely different experience than Mm -hmm. I've ever felt. Absolutely. I've never, that's been, in this experience, I've never, doing something a very healthy way is very new. Same. Not very new, but pretty new to me. Yes. And just to be able to, yeah, the, the healthy element for me is like being able to express fully, both mm-hmm. of us, how we're feeling, mm-hmm. allow it to literally rip and mm-hmm. have the other person just hold that space, mm-hmm. you know, where there's no need for me to fix how you're feeling mm-hmm. or solve anything. Although that's kind of like my my propensity to do that is pretty high, but I'm I'm actually learning that mostly doesn't help most mm-hmm. of the time. But yeah, it's like, and and say, and vice versa, where it's just really healing to be like, I'm feeling, I literally feel something new every single day during this transition. Mm-hmm. So it's just nice to be kind of all over the fucking map and express anything and everything and have it be heard and not have it be judged mm-hmm. and not feel like I need to like hold it in because I feel bad. We've been through that too, mm-hmm. you know, where I was like kind of feeling a little guilty about the move and just feeling like, oh, like just the like the act of kind of like celebrating the move felt mm-hmm. a little like icky because I'm like, oh, there's just so much so much mm-hmm. with it. But we've moved for, through that too mm-hmm. and like been able to articulate that. And yeah, I'm just, I'm so thankful. Like I will learn so much from this. Mm-hmm. I think too, it's like being at the age that we're at or the, the awareness emotionally that we're at, this is possible because of the way that we speak in the situation. So I think- before I'd be like, well, that's me saying how I feel is X, Y, and Z, and it would be unprocessed. 
It would be victim-y. It'd be blamey. It would be angry. You know, so the way that we're able to, we're really able to have as much progress or as much space or as much healing because we're able to come at it using language that enables that and using energetics that enables that. Whether it's the story Mm -hmm. that I'm telling myself is or help me to remember the truth or you know, I'm projecting this. I realize that my inner child wants this. I realize that my ego is saying this. You know, always kind of bringing it back to ourselves really allows the space and time for almost like we're processing our own things in front of each other. Yes. Where I'm like, oh, I'm actually projecting that you're going to abandon me because, you know, my inner child's used to that. So subconsciously, Mm -hmm. that's my belief. And I'm creating that situation. Then you're able to be like, oh, I'm experiencing this because of this. And they have something to do with each other, but they almost don't. Yep. You know, and that's all of life. It's like these situations and these experiences have something to do with the other person, but they mostly don't. Yep, exactly. Yeah, the overlap is quite small. Yes. But we're able to kind of, it actually does help me to hear, like, I feel like I'm being abandoned so that like I have a greater understanding of everything that's being brought mm-hmm. to the table at the moment. You know, where, mm-hmm. because if I didn't know that, then I, and I was just kind of receiving the emotional, the emotions from that feeling, then I would be projecting onto that mm-hmm. and not actually getting like more information mm-hmm. and the history behind it. It's just so, so helpful. And it just serves as a model for like every every relationship I have. That's why I'm so thankful. Like, like even you just saying, help me to remember the truth. Gonna use that. That one's my favorite. That's a really good, that's really good because it's, it is kind, it is soft. It is also very clear. Yes. And gives the other person an opportunity to clarify rather than defend. Yes. Help me to remember the truth is my favorite. Because it's like, what is the truth of this scenario? The truth is love. The mm-hmm. truth is, you know, there's always the fights are usually in a loving relationship of misunderstanding. Yeah. So it's like helping to remember that. Yeah, I love that one so much. Completely. It's such a good one. Completely. We also did that um, subconscious. We did like an integration because mm-hmm. we were really in it. So Aaron, sometimes when we're really at the height of whatever's happening, sort of we'll, we'll take it back a little bit to... Uh, maybe a meditation or maybe a subconscious integration or something like that. So we did a really beautiful, that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was powerful. We did like a visualization exercise, which was really nice, but it was, yeah. And to feel comfortable enough with Aaron that we can do that with him, you know, over the years, he's seen such a change. So it was powerful. I mean, I highly recommend within friendship, whether it's another friend or a mediator or someone being there as like a support through a journey or an experience of two friends are having one. And if everyone is really able to hold that, because I think the capacity to hold that sort of situation is probably should be first tended to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, because you and I can have like deep conversations just Mm one-on-one, but yeah, there is something to- Containment. Yeah. Like where it's like, it almost feels, I don't want to say even more safe, but it's like, oh, there's a- there's actually like a uh, a system in between us that helps to clarify anything yes. <laughs> that is coming up. Yes. So that it's not 
so that you're not doing all of the work. I'm not doing all of the work. There's like yes. this filtration system of like, here's what's actually coming up and let me show you. Yes. So we can then, okay, let's move to this next step and this level. So just really, it's helpful for me because sometimes I, you know, I can articulate, but then there are moments where I'm like blubbery mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know what to say. And he helps. He like facilitate. puts the period at the end of sentences. Yes. You know, if there's a few more sentences that could have been helpful from knowing us for so long, he'll add that. And there's also something too, I was um, listening to this really powerful talk on containment and how the masculine, part of the masculine's role is containment. And when we hear the word containment, it usually makes us want to projectile vomit and like run the other way where we're like, I'm a wild woman, I can't be Mm -hmm. contained. But there is like an energetic to containing the energy of the feminine to make the feminine feel safe, to make the feminine feel soft. Mm -hmm. And I think Aaron does that really well with us, making us feel safe and soft enough to really to really go there. So definitely. Yeah, it was really beautiful, but it was a beautiful session and just wanted to update you guys, you know, on that. And this episode is going to be really just as juicy, just as beautiful. We're going to actually be talking, you know, speaking of the masculine and feminine about sacred relationship. So Ray, who is on the podcast today, is someone that I've been following for a few months now, maybe a year. I first found her on Twitter. Her Twitter is Black Soul Theory. It's B-L-K-S-O-L Theory. And it's one of my favorite Twitter accounts. She just really drops beautiful gems. She'll talk about, she talks about astrology and she just channels these beautiful messages from source. So a few months ago last year, I just messaged her and I was like, after I followed her on Instagram, I just said, hey, I just really want to shout you out for your work. I really love what you do. And she sent the kindest message. And I was like, I would love to have her on the podcast. Yes. She also wrote a really beautiful Medium article about sacred relationships that we'll have linked in the show notes here that I found just incredibly profound Mm -hmm. um, about the unlearning of what we previously thought relationships were and the forgiveness of that. And we go into deep detail in this episode about energetic, spirituality, God of sacred relationships. Yeah, and we both had um, sessions with Ray before this. So... Yeah, I just, I feel like that took the experience of talking to her in the interview just to the next level because we were able to really feel the power of her work. But you can learn more about Ray at supernalsacredspace.com. She is a remembrance oracle and intuitive channel uh, with the gifts of lineage, psychic abilities passed down from generations that include all the clairs, all the clairs and premonition, mediumship, um, and automatic writing. And she's just incredible. She also speaks um, just to that passing down of gifts and from mm-hmm. her ancestry, which includes Cherokee, Blackfoot, Indigenous peoples, African from the Caribbean, Afro-American. And so it was just really fascinating to kind of pull the the magic from mm-hmm. each one of uh, her pieces of ancestry. It was really, really fascinating. Yeah, she's amazing. She's a girl from my own heart. She's in Ohio too. Mm -hmm. So Ohio girls forever. Um, So we have sacred relationships. We talk a little bit about galactic beings, her seeing aliens, her connection to how she works with aliens or her experience with them. We had to, of course, talk about the galactic Mm -hmm. in here. We talked uh, in detail about our experiences. So I had a love and relationships tarot session with Ray and Lindsay had a shamanic healing session. So we went into detail about what those were like, what we saw, our experience, and just sort of broke it down a little bit further Mm -hmm. for you guys if you're ever interested in those or just wanted to get a little BTS of what's going on with us personally. Yeah, I was recommending to um, my Sacredness of Being Single group 
her work for just kind of continued support um, as well as that uh, sacred relationships medium article. I just thought that was so beautiful for kind of if you're thinking about um, relationship or you're in a relationship. So thank you, Ray. Love you so much. Appreciate you. And again, you can learn more about Ray and her work at supernalsacredspace.com. Follow her on Twitter at Black Soul Theory, B-L-K-S-O-L Theory. And she's also on Instagram yeah. at Black Soul Theory. So the same beautiful. name. Thank you so much, Ray. This was so beautiful. And then everything for Almost 30 is almost30.com. Show notes, partners, more photos, information about us, courses and programs, Podcast Pro, all at almost30.com. You can watch this on YouTube, Almost 30 Podcast on YouTube. And we would love if you would kindly write a review. Reviews are just really nice ways to cheer us up. You know, <laughs> they support the work and it means so much that you guys listen and support the show. Yeah, we love you so much. And we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. We're so excited to have you. Yeah. You know how we roll. We really roll into it, but I was really grateful that you were willing to do this and then willing to do sessions with Lindsay and I because I've been such a fan of your work for so long. Um, your Twitter account, BLK Soul Theory, S-O-L Theory, Black Soul Theory is one of my favorites and you just speak so eloquently and such quick truths. That's why one of the reasons why I love Twitter is following people like you. And then to be able to do a session with you was just incredible. So we're really excited to dig in because you have all of the things. You're an oracle, you are a channel, you do womb healing, you do, you're all the Claire's, you're so many different things. So it was exciting for Lindsay and I to dig in in one of the sessions that we did together. And I'd love to just start our conversation talking a little bit about our experience and sort of what we what we came to find and what we came to see. Yeah, I was just so grateful again that we got to uh, sit down with you individually and receive healing. And I got the hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly, curandurismo and extraction shamanic healing. And I didn't really know what to expect, but I was like, sounds good. I think an extraction sounds great. I, I'm uh, I'm approaching a, a big transition and move. And I just kind of felt like, ah, oh, I want to uh, just clear some things before I do that. And so you know, I love going into a healing, not knowing what to expect because I find that I don't have many expectations and I just feel very open. Um, and you're just so uh, warm and welcoming in the way that you uh, just really set the tone and space for the healing. So we spoke for about 20 minutes and I was just expressing kind of how I've been feeling. And once we got into the healing right away, I was able to drop right in and, you know, to be with someone that I've never met before Sometimes, you know, that doesn't always happen. So just a testament to the space that you hold and who you are. But I was able to drop right in. And pretty early on, I was just blown away because a black jaguar that had been in my dreams a few nights before and I had posted about it. Um, and so a lot of people had responded and, you know, shared some meanings with me, et cetera. But I was blown away that this black jaguar had you know appeared in the shamanic healing and you had said that it was coming up from uh, I believe the south or my feet and was kind of walking up towards my upper body and just kind of finding comfort and nuzzling me there and I just felt this deep deep sense of peace protection and confidence when she was there and I, I would love to talk more about the meaning of the black jaguar and or just when you see spirit animals in your healings. But 
I really resonate with using spirit animals to kind of help and guide me, whether it's in dreams or in my waking life. So this was really, really special to me. And further along in the in the healing, when we were in uh, the deep crystal caves of inner earth, the jaguar was there and you were kind of asking and guiding me um, through what uh, God was and you call you you call God you call God God, but you also call God Great Spirit. Great Spirit. Mm-hmm. So you were that. saying that Great Spirit was asking me to just kind of observe what the black jaguar was doing and and just kind of the messages that it had for me. And there was just this like grace and elegance and confidence about this black jaguar that just struck me so so deeply. And I just kind of felt her calling me into that. Like it it's always been a part of who I am, but um, easily gets, you know, pushed aside. And so, especially during this transition where I'm moving, I just kind of felt that call to just step into that grace, that knowing, that confidence, which was really, really beautiful. And then you also called in, or you had connected with a grandmother or a great-grandmother figure. I think it was a great-grandmother figure. And um, I'm just going to pull up my note. Reminding, she was reminding me that I am the expression of love. I don't have to seek love or you know be validated by other people's love. I really am the pure expression of love, and that just brought me to tears because, yeah, it's just it's truth. And I think you know, as humans, we just kind of forget that, and I've definitely tended to forget that over and over. So it was just really, really beautiful. And you also. We're aligning my my chakras. And when we got to the crown, you were just describing this beautiful like blue and purple colors kind of mixing together and just how open that channel is. And we were talking about my music and singing and it really felt like an absolutely full mind, body, spirit experience. I felt heat in my womb. I, I actually felt, I felt when we talked about the music, I just kind of felt and saw like the... I saw the music. It was weird. I had never experienced that before I was, where I was able to actually see it. So I can't really describe yeah. it, but like if you can kind of see music, it felt like a little trippy. You know, it kind of felt like mm-hmm. as if I was on mushrooms or I was like, oh, I can see the music. That's so interesting. And then you prescribed um, or suggested flowers that I can work with and that are trying to communicate with me, which was so, so beautiful. And just so many other things. I just thought the whole experience for me was incredibly deep. It was rest filled. Even though I was Mm -hmm. doing a lot of work, like I just felt so deeply rested because, you know, finally kind of accessing some of that knowing and information just felt like, oh, okay. Like I don't have to kind of hold up anything anymore. So it kind of just felt like I was laying things down and I just felt super, super rested. So yeah, that was just kind of a summarization of of my experience. But um, I really also enjoyed your channeling during it. Mm. I just felt like I felt like I was on like a, a ride, and you were like the the voice of God on the ride. Where I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm so taken care of, and it was just so 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 spot on. Yeah, and you know, for the Black Jaguars, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. So she represents shadow work and the power to move through our shadows, move through from our traumas and our fears. And she's very brave, very strong energy. And that it's like a beautiful motherly energy, but it's like this warrior type mother, right? Um, 
And, you know, she helps us with learning about washing away and cleansing any forms of resistance that we have to change to new beginnings, right? And help us anchor into resilience, you know, getting comfortable with our power, with our strength. And, you know, also she is a very beautiful teacher that shows us the power of like journeying through the jungle, through the forest, not being afraid, but being very tuned in intuitively, psychically, and emotionally to our environment, you know, and we're, and when you're staying in that place, you're always in that, that oneness of yourself, right? Um, so, you know, jaguars are from South America, from the Amazon forest. Um, so that energy of being really tapped into mother earth, being really tapped into your own divine feminine energy is so important, especially in this day where we're going through so many different changes with the pandemic, with personal healing relationships. It's so important to always anchor back into ourselves, especially as women, because, you know, a lot of people expect a lot from us, you know, giving, nurturing, taking care of things, children, relationships, you know, so sometimes you have to kind of pull back and find rest, find that sacred space of let me tune into myself and my own emotions. And you may realize that when you tune into yourself, there's like a whole month's worth of things that you kind of put to the side that you may have to grieve about. You may have to analyze, reflect on. And she's that beautiful guide to say, okay, we can go through this together and release these resistances, release these stressors from your life. And I'm going to help you go more into your power, you know, with boundaries, with discernment, with, you know, being true to your equanimity. Also, you know, finding that grace and compassion. But, you know, it's important to find grace and compassion for self because, again, we're so programmed to give compassion to people that sometimes we can feel guilty of like, well, should I feel, you know, these certain things? So again, she's a very great teacher of like, let's cleanse on a deep level, you know, from that womb space, from that subconscious mind and really get to some roots that need to be pulled out so that you can blossom. Mm, So beautiful. Yeah. Traversing the jungle, I'm like headed to the concrete jungle. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel that she'll be with me. Mm. That's a beautiful <laughs> parallel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the, in that, in what Lindsay did, so you talk about extraction. What What is extract? Because whenever I think of extraction, I'm like, oh, that, it feels like demonic. I'm like, what kind of thing are you extracting <laughs> from the self? So when you, when right. you're doing that work, what, what do you mean when you say extraction? So extraction is similar to like an exorcism, but not in the religious perspective of like you're tied down to a bed and you're about to throw up, right? (laughs) Um, But it's about energies and energetic imprints and people's programming and thought forms, especially as empaths. Um, And as we're going through this rise in ascension and consciousness, more people are more comfortable with talking about chakras, opening up their bodies, opening up their their energy centers, right? And that's a good thing. Um, But we also have to know that when we're opening ourselves up, we also have to have boundaries and protection as we're opening up. So when we're living in like a chaotic environment, a city that's really busy, sometimes those energies, you know, from the environment and space can really penetrate your aura. You know, you can have a great day in the morning, um, but other people around can really bring you low, make you moody, um, trigger 
you know, an anxiety or a depression. Um, so with an extraction, this is a deep cleanse of removing entities, removing other people's energies from your aura, from your space, so that you're back in that clarity, back into that equanimity of, okay, I'm centered, you know, because sometimes when we're so open, we can feel other people's stuff. And that's part of being an empathic, but we have to kind of be like, we have to wisen and strengthen our empathy, right? Of, mm. you know, it's good to sense people's feelings and pay attention to people's body language and care, but also have that boundary of protection. Like I don't have to mash with you. I don't have to enmesh with you or um, match your energy, right? So sometimes, you know, it can happen on accident of people's stuff inside of your space. And it can show up in different forms of illness when there's a lot of people's energies or even um, traumas that you've experienced that haven't been cleansed and cleared out from your space. And that can result into nightmares, you having insomnia, you not feeling comfortable, you kind of going through this space of, I'm in a dark place and very mellow or very, I want to say mellow, but it's very very neutral to the point where it's kind of concerning, you know, like when you're not in your happy space. So an extraction is needed. And an extraction, an easy way to kind of put it is it's like a deep core cutting. I'm cleansing and releasing other people's stuff from my space, giving it back to them, but healed, right? You don't want to just give back negative energy. You want to heal them as well. But again, center yourself and protect yourself as you're awakening your gifts and getting more comfortable with it. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. And then I know as a part of your other shamanic offerings, before we get into Krista's, I just kind of wanted to yeah. um, touch on what the word current durismo means. Can you help me pronounce it and also help me define it for people? Yeah. So it's called curandissimo. Curandissimo. And it is a blend of Latin and indigenous and African practices um, of healing, connecting to that shamanic perspective of we're connected to the land. Um, and in my cosmology of my lineage and how I grew up, our cosmology is that there's different relationships in the universe that we have to take care of. And so that one relationship is with ourselves and with our health and our own body, our own journey. Then there's the relationship with others, you know, society, people, humans, future generations. And then there's that relationship to the universe of the planets, the stars, the earth. And also going into connecting to the animals, connecting to the plants, um, because these are all of our relations and they all have medicine and they have a lot to offer us. Um, so with Curandissimo, it's about going into that place of I'm really tuned in to all that is back to that sacred relationship to all of creation. And so with a lot of people, especially in, you know, first world countries and places of like busy environments, um, we kind of get disconnected from the natural ways of life. We're stuck in the industry or like the, the busy go, go, go matrix kind of lifestyle. So it's so important to kind of come back to center and that grounded place. So yeah, it's an indigenous practice of cleansing the body, the soul and the mind um, because we see that they're all connected. There's no such thing as separation. You know, like if there's a physical health issue, we have to look at the energetic reason and the emotional component that created the physical to manifest. Mm -hmm. So with that practice, it's about going to the energy first, having a deep conversation about your roots and traumas, 
unplugging that from the spirit world, from the subconscious realms, and you're going to receive physical healing. And a lot of people receive different diseases and illnesses cure from them when we're going into that shamanic ancient practice of let's heal energy first because everything is energy. Um, Sometimes we can get, we can, sometimes people can understand it. Like, yes, everything's energy, but we don't really sometimes apply it to everything every day. Um, But I do. So it's like, everything is energy. So connect to the energy of your body. You know, if, if there's something wrong, we have to really examine that and heal it. And you'll see physical results. So it's the same thing, the same concept of what people are talking about now with manifestation. Mm-hmm. You put an intention out there, that's the energy. And if you do the work and you network and you open yourself up to that possibility, the physical, tan- you know, physical tangible form does appear. So it's the same with healing the body. I have to heal the energy and the core roots to things that may be a little bit triggering, a little bit emotional. But when I heal that, I'm being freed and released from that energy. And now I'm back to my center, back to that higher self, that purity. Mm. And it was interesting too, there's on here, there's some prescriptions for plant spirits that um, yeah. that Lindsay can work with, which is really cool. And we didn't know as much about working with plants until you know we did ayahuasca a few years ago. And now um, Kiki, who we work with, quite a bit has prescribed specific plants to us. So when you're going through the shamanic experience, do you have these plant energies coming to you with their own special vibration that is a vibrational match to Lindsay or what sort of the communication with the plant realm? So when we're doing, going into the spirit world, I definitely see the the person's full body. So I'm seeing her laying down in her space. I can actually see that through like a bilocation of like, okay, she's laying there, she's peaceful. And sometimes during a shamanic healing, I have to kind of remind people, keep breathing, keep going into that centered place. Um, But through that, I can also see the people's organs. I can see your whole body. And spirit is going to guide me to see, okay, her heart needs a little bit of healing. Her lungs have something inside of it. We have to cleanse it. Um, and so it's different for different people about different organs and different areas um, on their back or on their neck that's holding a lot of tension, a lot of old energy that needs to be released and extracted out. Um, so through that, as I'm cleansing the body, and it's kind of like you know an energetic form of being a doctor, you know, you're really being very gentle. I have different tools and different plant medicines that I'm using to help me cleanse these organs in different areas that spirit is guiding me towards. But through that, I'm seeing flowers. You know, spirit is saying she needs to work with this to heal this issue. And so for that, flowers do speak to us. And again, when you're really connected to Mother Earth, she speaks to you all the time. So when we're doing a cleanse, she's definitely loud. She's more louder. She's more talkative to me of like, okay, we're happy that she's back in this realm because um, we haven't probably seen her for a while. So help her connect more with her intuition, more with her femininity through these certain plants. For other people, certain plants are more... Um, for detoxing. So some is like, you need to flush your liver. You know, after the session, we have to talk about it. You have to flush your liver because it's real, it really has a lot of grease and a lot of old oils in it. And I can see that. Um, and I always have people, you know, check with your doctor to see that. And a lot of it's confirmed of like, yes, you need your, or, your, your liver or your kidneys cleansed. Um, so I always say, use, I always go the natural route of here's some medicine for this particular issue and you will be okay, right? So Mother Earth's great spirit tells me those things of 
she needs a flush or she needs to not flush, but she needs to strengthen you know, her boundaries. Maybe she needs more psychic medicine to kind of protect herself. Um, for other people, it's more of womb medicine, you know, because I do womb healing. So some people need certain plant medicines for their ovaries, for their uterus to get stronger with strength, um, but also to release grief if there's been certain traumas that's happened in someone's womb. So yeah, the flowers and the herbs talk to me through the spirit world all the time. Plants have a very beautiful language of energy and they're very telepathic, very telepathic. So when I'm in the spirit world, it's more louder of like, hey, we want to join her. We want to work <laughs> with her. Um, and they kind of tell me a time frame. Usually it's like work with us for a month. You'll be okay. You'll see the difference of how the plants kind of entered your life as a teacher. Yeah. So we, for mine, we did the relate, was it relationship tarot, correct? Yeah. So we did relationship tarot, which was different, a little different than yours. So I did it because of the wedding and I just thought it would be fun to just kind of dig into it. And you pulled, I think five or six cards during the session. So we went through what the cards meant and then you were basically channeling, which was really beautiful. And it was just like really affirming. It was just really affirming for our love and and how far we've come and how far we've known each other and how many lifetimes we've known each other and for the next steps in our relationship. And something that you said that I've heard a few times was about Los Angeles and not leaving Los Angeles quite yet uh, to you know receive the fruits of my labor, the re- fruits of our labor. I've heard, I think three times now. So it's always like spirit in my experience will use the same phrases and terminology to kind of prove itself. And you also use the phrase of the phoenix from the ashes, which I've said a few times, you said phoenix from the ashes. And then the fruits of the labor piece, which were a consistent theme you know, that we've really heard and it was really beautiful to just affirm, you know, Justin's process in his awakening and sort of how he's been inspired and then in support of my awakening over this 8 years like I've changed so so much and about his own process of his awakening and how he will awaken and yeah it was just so beautiful and felt so affirming about about how far we've come and and what's going to happen and one of the recommendations was about a shamanic uh, session before we get married was to have you know a shaman or something do like a pre-marriage ceremony that we could have together, which I'm going to try try and find a shaman friend. Um, I'm thinking my friend April that could do it for us. So it was perfect. And Justin was so happy. All of the news that you shared about him and his upcoming months and experiences were were so positive and so good. So it was beautiful and, and it was spot on. Yeah. And, you know, for that session, a lot of beautiful energy came of, you know, the one of the most powerful things that spirit kind of brought through was the book of life, you know, and I saw like mm-hmm. these different books of like, here's the book of boyfriend and girlfriend. There's so many years, so many memories in this and be proud of that book because you both written it together. Um, and it helps you get to this new stage of like, okay, now we're about to close that book permanently and enter this new one of marriage. Um, and spirit kept showing me like these beautiful messages about like this divine union and a lot of growth is happening, especially, you know, with this pandemic, the the message was like, you both are going through it, like an acceleration of healing personal things and also as a unit. So yeah, that was a beautiful session that I had about mm. what's to come for the both of you. Mm. And I'm excited for uh, this summer. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And just for anyone listening to, you know, thinking about your relationship as the book, I, th- I thought that was really beautiful. It's mm. like 
the next book is to come, the marriage book. And, and you also recommended this beautiful practice of before the wedding or before we get married or engaged, you know, having a conversation where you just apologize for all the pain and hurt that you've caused over the eight years to one another. Um, because if you are in a relationship with someone, you definitely have caused them deep sorrow and pain and grief. And to just have that acknowledgement moment of all of the pain that you've caused that person and really an acknowledgement of the way forward, you know, that it potentially will happen again, but your deepest intention is to not. So I felt like that was a really beautiful mm. action, you know, that anyone can take. And I wanted to do the the relationship one because you wrote a beautiful piece on Medium that I read a while ago about sacred relationships. And I felt like it was really beautiful. It was inspired by the Pisces, um, by the Pisces new moon, right? This year? Full moon. Full yeah, moon. Full moon. And it was just, I was so watery during Pisces season. I felt like it was so beautiful. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your perspective of sacred relationships and what inspired that. Yeah. So I wrote that piece um, during the Pisces full moon in 2019. Um, and it's still powerful when I reread it um, to this day. And the messages that came through when, when that moon happened was, you know, really heal grief and you know, there's so much grief in so many people in our hearts um, because of society, because of the world we're in, um, not really seeing peace all around us, but also in our private personal relationships. It's like, you know, you're searching for love. You're wanting to find your reflection in another. Um, but sometimes people come and go and you have to really heal your heart of like that experience um, and not really hold on to it. So with that, um, the messages that were coming through with that piece was about, you know, really going deep into shadow work with self because you really have to find the self, you know, not the sense of, you know, I have to abandon myself and someone's going to complete me. Um, and I feel like a lot of people were in that energy template and in that class, um, but it wasn't really going anywhere of like, it's, it's always going to be pain and suffering. Um, and I had gotten to a point in my personal life of like, let's graduate from this because mm -hmm. <laughs> this is this is not fun and mm -hmm. this shouldn't be like the love language of like fall madly in love and then it doesn't work out. Like I get each person is a soulmate, is a teacher. But I feel like, you know, if we're doing energy work, we can tell the universe at any point in our journey, hey, I'm done with this uh, soul contract or I'm done mm. with this classroom and I'm ready to graduate from it. So with that full moon, it was about sacred relationships and really knowing what love is. And what love is on the realest, deepest level is seeing yourself and seeing spirit, great spirit inside of another as you see it in you, seeing the God in you and seeing the God in someone else and always recognizing that divinity. And sometimes we get so caught up with um, status or with work or with friends and family that, you know, our, our vision for loving someone can get distorted sometimes. And sometimes we can take each other for granted, stop appreciating each other. So it's really about heal grief from the times that you've abandoned yourself from relationships, heal the times that you've hurt others, but also heal those times where people have hurt you and really just say like, I want relationship to be more conscious. You know, it's about conscious relationship, a, a very spiritual relationship with the person, but you have to do that, that inner work first. And I think a lot of people kind of avoid the inner work of like, I don't really want to do the shadows. I don't really want to do like that healing for myself. Um, but when we see from 
our psychology lens um, and also that shadow work lens is that our childhood plays a big role with who we are gravitated towards as adults, um, whether that's good or bad. Um, and so unconsciously, sometimes we're drawn to the edgy person who's been through a lot because that mirrors something that you've went through and there's a similarity. But sometimes we get into a space where we're trauma bonding with people. And in that piece, I talked about trauma bonding of sometimes we confuse our love languages of like trauma is the love language, like, and it shouldn't be, you know? And I wrote a piece on Instagram of like, don't mistake compatibility with trauma, right? Um, Just because we have the trauma in common, we both had um, a hard life. We can we can sit with that and connect and, and kind of talk about it, but we shouldn't fall in love with each other because of that, right? So with that, it's about like real sacredness of like, I have to be whole. I have to really find myself. And through, you know, I always say like there's seasons to life. And so there's a season in your life of being single that's super important. And I feel like a lot of people don't like that stage. It's like, let me hurry up and get out. Um, but I always say that that's the most pivotal season because that's you discovering who are you? What actually makes you happy? And are you successful and happy within? You know, are you living the life that you want for yourself? Right. And when you think about a person, what do you want them to add to your life, not subtract from your life? And I think a lot of people are in relationships where people are kind of being subtract they're, they're they're subtracting a lot of their joy um but they're kind of stuck in it of like I'm I'm afraid of being single so I'd rather be in a relationship that's a little chaotic a little karmic because I want to avoid that abandonment from within so it's really about healing that deep ancient wound wound of separation you know that separation from source but also that separation from yourself um and so again healing on a deep level your inner child really going back into, you know, forgiveness work, which can be a little tricky and a little bit different for each person based off of your own childhood experience. But you learn at the end of the day, when I'm in my full self, when I've taken my power back from all the people that have hurt me, when I'm in my place of confidence and clarity and equanimity, that is my love. That's my love and that's me expressing love. And so you want someone to resonate with that and be a a match to that. You know, if you're in your higher self, you want someone who's in their higher self. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't mean that that person has to be a a spiritual person with sage, right? (laughs) But they have to be in their higher self of like, they're living in their purpose. They're living in their destiny. And they love me for me. We have corrected how we talk to each other. We, we have really corrected our own wounds where we're not giving the baggage to each other. We've already dealt with that while, while we were single. We've healed a lot before we got together. And, you know, is there going to be ups and downs in a relationship? Of course, because mm-hmm. this is a human experience, but it's not going to be as chaotic and as toxic as what's normalized, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think society kind of romanticized uh, chaotic relationships of like, yes. well, this, you know, if he's, you know, running and running away from you, you have to chase him. And this is normal. This is like Hollywood love. But the deeper essence is, do we feel seen? And I feel like a lot of people can get in relationships where you don't feel seen. You kind of feel invisible mm-hmm. sometimes. And so I think that's when love is kind of fading away. So it's always about, okay, true love is I see you. I see you. The, the divinity in you as I see it in me. 
right? Mm-hmm. And we can grow upon that, our foundation, into a conscious, spiritual, beautiful relationship and build a family, build a legacy for ourselves. But we always have to remember our core wound, um, our core values, um, healing our core wounds, but being very strengthened in our boundaries and our standards with each other. And again, not trauma bonding, yes. not doing enmeshment, not doing codependency, right? And that can sound easy, but sometimes we have to kind of sit with it of like, how do I do that sometimes? And I have to kind of stop my own habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think so many of us are, changing the energetic templates within relationships. Yes. So like I I grew up with that enmeshment and family. And I noticed when I got into the relationship I'm in now, just these little, little moments that told me so much about the way I was raised and the family system that I was in and the role that I played. And what is so cool is that now, and I wasn't always like this, the quote unquote, like conflict or challenge feels expansive rather than dense and like a roadblock. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where I'm yeah. I'm no longer like, uh-oh, this is a bad sign. It, it feels like an opportunity more so. Thankfully, you, you spoke to core values and I think, you know, we hear it a lot and I actually, I have core values, but, you know, I, I think I've just kind of develop them along the way, trial by error. And I'm wondering if you have recommendations for people if they want to really deeply establish their core values, like what that could look like. Um, It almost feels like ceremonially, Mm -hmm. like something that we could do because they are so important and help us to establish better, better boundaries. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to core values for self, I always say start with the self and then branch Mm -hmm. out to what are the core values for other people entering my life. Um, And so I feel like really get to that place of what are my needs? And the, the, the simple needs that we all should have is being respected, being listened to, being appreciated by people that are entering our, our bubble right? Because you want a healthy ecosystem of people that genuinely love you. And so you are asking that, right? But also for those core values, it's about, I want someone who is transparent. But if I'm asking for those things, I have to be that myself. I have to be more transparent with myself. I can't tune out and block out my own feelings and stresses, you know, and not talk about it because that's me, you know, neglecting and abusing myself on accident sometimes, right? So it's like, how do I really be a better lover to me? And you have to really learn how to love yourself. And I think a lot of people talk about self-love, but a lot of people don't really go deep into that template or that concept of what it really means. Because it's more than, you know, the physical appearance of like pampering and taking care of yourself. It's an internal self-care, an internal love for yourself. And so when we're going back to that childhood wounds, it's like, have people played a big role with how I, you know, may be critical to my body, to my image, to my beauty, right? Well, I have to really work on loving all parts of me and realizing that the creator did not make a mistake with me, right? And, mm-hmm. and not just saying it, but believing it. And then going from there of any other issues that have disconnected you from yourself, bringing yourself back. And that's one of the reasons for like a womb healing for women. It's like 
get connected back to your womb, connected back to your power. Because a lot of people have done different things to make you disconnect and not want to be around it, kind of avoid it. So again, it's about healing on a deep, deep level. And then when you're able to see, I'm centered, I know who I am. I know what my my do's and don'ts are because I took the time out being single to learn my own love language. Because, you know, sometimes we think that we know um, what our love languages are, but everyone's different and everyone has different things that they're wanting for connection. So I, again, I would say like a beautiful practice is kind of making like a, a soulmate agreement to yourself, writing it out on a piece of paper of like, these are my vows to me. That in this lifetime, I won't abandon myself. In this lifetime, I won't deny my feelings. Mm -hmm. In this lifetime, I won't, you know, neglect who I am and my power. Because in probably in past lives, if we do Akashic Record healing and past life work, there has been different lifetimes where you have. And those are important because that helps you learn. But you can make a new decision of like, this is how I'm going to really love myself and really be in my power. And from that point, then you can say, well, if I'm asking this for me and for myself, I'm going to request that and need that from other people, that you can't abandon yourself either. You can't um, neglect yourself either. You can't be codependent, right? You have to be in your power, in your independence. And this is how we can build a conscious relationship to each other, a conscious friendship between each other, but also for other people, a, a romantic relationship. So I think it's really about finding self and what is your core energy. When you tap into your higher self, who does that feel like? You know, and and why can't you bring that in now? You can always bring it into now, into the now. So I would say again, write like something small of these are my my intentions for how I'm going to be a great person and, and really care for myself. And from that, you're going to bring in people that are going to do the same thing. Mm. I love that. Yeah, in the in the piece you talk a lot about grieving what we previously thought love was and mm. previously thinking that love was a meshment or love was codependency or love was abandoning yourself and really allowing yourself to to grieve those times where you felt like you were in love but it really was trauma bonding or it really was those other things. And one thing I really related to was the piece where you say in sacred relationships, regardless if the person is a family member, friend, or sexual partner, that it is at this level of true love sharing, it will require you to remove your masks for the, and for them to remove theirs too. As it simultaneously teaches you both how to be truly brave in being seen, even if it means showing the scars that you have had to be healed prior to you meeting them at this particular time and place in your journey. And I thought that was so beautiful. And I've really related to that, you know, coming into the realization in later in life, probably in the past couple of years about the masks that I wear, the masks that we all wear and really realizing how at times when I felt like no one would ever know me, I used to say that all the time. I'm like, no one will ever know me. No one will ever know me fully. No one will ever know me truly. And I realized how much of that was because I would wear masks at certain times to not share myself fully or not share... Uh, parts of me in full because I never felt safe to do so. And how the yeah. mask piece has really been a pivotal part of of my healing and the goings forward for both Justin and I in the future is both working on those masks. Like where do we feel like we have to abandon ourselves or we can't be ourselves fully? Where do we feel like we're not enough? 
Can you talk about the mask piece and the abandonment of self through that? Yeah. So when it goes to, you know, putting on masks, that starts from, you know, as a child. And so from my lineage, we see it that we are energetic and spiritual beings and we come to this reality for a physical experience of learning on this earth, right? So from that perspective or that belief system, when we enter this world, we have parents who are going to be your greatest teachers or one of your greatest teachers, but it's through chaos most likely, um, of them kind of doing indoctrination, programming, different things like that. And if you don't really have like a childhood where your family was open to their spiritual side or they wasn't really, they didn't really have the tools to um, take care of you um, on an emotional level. Um, you learn how to hide different parts of you, especially sides to you that's mostly um, kind of creative or your sensitivity. A lot of families kind of shut that down of like, don't be sensitive, that's weakness. So you hide different parts of yourself, that empathy, you know, um, you hide your, your dreams and your joys because your family may have an expectation of like, yeah, you're gifted at being an artist, but maybe we want you to be a lawyer. So you have to put a mask on to people please and kind of you know, get their validation and support of like, okay, well, I'm going to change myself in order to please you. And so, you know, sometimes with people pleasing, it starts off from a very survival tactic of like, well, in order for me to be happy in this home, to feel safe in, in this home, I have to kind of change who I am for my parents, change who I am for my siblings. And when you see them have emotional reactions of being happy or proud, you think, oh, so it's good for me to put this mask on because I'm getting praise and celebration from it or rewards from it. So you kind of grow up doing that even into schooling of like, who do I, who am I and, and how do I fit in? And I think from my perspective of shadow work, I always say that school, you know, from elementary, middle school and high school, those are like the pivotal times of shadow work, of like kind of going through like your own dark night of the soul, even though a lot of people wouldn't, identify like that being a dark night of the soul, but it is because, you know, when you're in school, you're trying to find your community, find people who are just like you. And you have different categories of people, you know, you have jocks, you have the populars. And so you feel like, okay, I want to fit in. So I have to change my identity. I have to maybe hide different parts of my identity to be accepted. And so that continues throughout life of, I need to put this particular personality or voice on for, for work, you know, or for the approval of a boss, right? But I'm not really being myself. And so when we're getting into relationships, we also do that with putting a mask on of like, well, I'm only going to do and be everything that my partner wants me to be. And a lot of people play that role and you realize, you know, maybe seven years in, 10 years in a relationship, I'm not really happy. You know, like my partner really doesn't know me because I've always been what he wanted me to be or what she wanted me to be, the image of something, but they didn't really accept me for me. Um, and so we have to kind of peel those masks back of the ego because the ego can come in so many different forms. The ego can kind of shape shift, you know, depending on who's around. Um, and so with that, you have to kind of really be in tuned of in order for me to experience real love and authentic an authentic um, connection. I need to be my full personality and not be ashamed of it. And that can be emotional 
because again, some things about your personality has been teased or bullied about. So you do shut it down like, okay, I don't want to experience that. Um, But we have to get to that place of our internal power of like, I like being who I am. I like the music I like. I like the fashion I like. I like the interests and topics that I'm into. And I want my community. I want that soul family who has that same love language, that same vision of things. And so when we're thinking about sacred love, it's about, I want my partner to see who is I have to take off all these layers and kind of get really naked, very vulnerable so that they can see the scars that I went through in life, my battle scars, you know, that I would say, but, but through that, if they can still love you unconditionally, you found the sacredness of, of love, mm-hmm. right? It's not about shame and it's not about feeling uncomfortable. It's just about being witnessed. And I think a lot of people are, are in this life wanting to be witnessed. You know, like I want to be seen and noticed and not from the shadow perspective of validation. I think on a deep soul level, people want to be witnessed. By people that I see again that the God in you, the great spirit in you, the light in you, as I see it in me. And so if we're going to do that, we have to be totally transparent, totally vulnerable um, with ourselves. Be naked to yourself first. Um, and when you've done that, you feel liberated and you're okay, more you're more okay with other people being naked, you know, and not on the physical, like taking your clothes off, but on the the emotional mental side. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I really want to see all of you. I want to know your story. I want to know the things that you went through in life. Mm -hmm. You know, the good and the bad, the the sad and the the traumatic, because I I love you and I really want to understand your walk in life. And so if you're wanting that from a person, you have to be okay with doing that same thing back in return, that I will share my story of the, the light and the dark. You know, the Mm -hmm. ups and the downs that have made me who I am. And when you're in that true nakedness, that's real love. That's real sacredness. Um, And we can have that for romantic partnerships um, with our friends and also with family. If we get to that point of really healing some childhood issues, some teenage issues, so that we can get to that place with family as well of like, I want to just be witnessed and loved in a safe space. Um, And we're both, again, maturing ourselves. We're both doing language and communication and deep listening with each other where we can be in our God energy, that goddess energy without being uncomfortable about it. Mm. Yeah. I often think of it as like, like two people who come together in sacred relationship, there's two puzzle pieces. But if we are being something that we're not, or we're hiding something that we're ashamed of, it's almost like another notch to the puzzle piece that doesn't make it fit. You know, so like all of who you are and all of what makes you, you is actually a, it's perfect, you know? And, and I, and I, I think a lot about just how my relationship now is healing parts of me that were denied by, you know, my parents or teachers or friends or, you know, when I was little. And so it's just like a really beautiful process when I actually am conscious enough to think about it like that. Um, so beautiful. You, you spoke to the ego, um, as shape shifting, I'm curious, like how you work with the ego, and like how you would explain the ego, because um, I think we just hear that word a lot, and it seems to have like a negative connotation. But I would love to hear your thoughts. So, from my perspective of like healing and the work that I do, I see the ego as in this playful metaphor. I see the ego as a child 
it's the part of you that didn't receive the love that it needed at that time that it needed it. Um, and the ego is, the, is that part of you that wants to conquer. You know, like I've been through a lot and I just want to conquer in life. And sometimes the ego could go about it in a negative way, a bullish way, a narcissistic way. Sometimes the ego could go about it in um, different ways. So I always say the ego is always shape-shifting to kind of find itself with other people. And through shadow work, I always say like, heal that internal you that was abandoned or abused. Because that's the ego wanting to get victory and some type of triumph from it. Mm. And so it can go about it in a very immature way. I always say like the ego is just that inner child that wants to be loved. And the ego is the part of you that has the temper tantrums. Um, It's the part of you that can get really angry and sometimes violent and hurt people. Right. And so it's that part of you that you don't, you don't cuss it out. You don't yell at it. You don't shame it any more than what it's been through. You don't hide the ego and tuck it away into a Pandora's box or into the closet because it's been there all its life. And it's just trying to break free. And when you open the door, you see that part of you, you heal it. And I always say from my lineage, talk to that dark part of you, right? Because I don't have this perspective of like, when we're talking about this, the that the darkness within you is like super evil and, and it's bad and you don't have conversations with it. You just banish it. I don't believe in that. I believe in conversation. Why is it here? What does it really want in life? Because your ego is just a part of you that wants you to succeed. Um, but it's it's learned how to be more rough around the edges because you being empathic and you being sensitive, uh, people push you around. People didn't appreciate that. So your ego is kind of like the tough side of you sometimes of like, well, we're not going through that again. So let me kind of be more reckless. And it's problematic sometimes like, hey, tone it down, ego. Um, but sometimes it's so in this righteousness of like, well, I did, I had a hard life and people did this to me. So I'm just trying to make sure that we're good. So the intentions of the ego and, and its motivations is super pure when you tune into why it's so... Um, energized for certain things, but it's just going about it in the wrong way. Um, but give it grace and forgiveness. And again, talk to it, understand what it wants. And then you make that decision as the conscious part of you of like, okay, we're going to have those goals, but we're going to do it in a more healthier way. So work with me. And when we're having our egos work with us, you know, being in a dance with us, and it's not this battle of fighting each other, we're going to see change, right? A lot of people are in a place of fighting its e- their ego, of like, it's constant battle. I'm constantly, you know, pulled between two places internally. Um, and so I always say conversation. Um, and in a Buddhist um, practice, when I was younger, I learned, um, talk to the Mara. So the Mara is like that dark part of... Um, of life, talk to it and, and drink tea with it. Mm-hmm. You know, understand why is it here? Because it's going to keep following you in life. So in its weird, energetic way, your ego is kind of like a soulmate, <laughs> but it's like the chaotic soulmate that's a part of your body that you're like, okay, this is causing me a lot of stress and a lot of um, maybe relationships are leaving. It's doing a lot of things. So I need to tone it down so I can vibrate higher. So in order to vibrate higher, go into your power, you have to make sure that your ego is healed. 
and that you're listening to that part of you, not shutting it out because it's already dealt with that from people, from family, from friends, from old partners, um, all its life. And it's just that part of you that's been bullied and denied for so long that it's just going about it in a wrong way of, I'm taking my power back more aggressively or more um, calculated or more um, narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more unconscious. So, you know, when you take care of that part of you, things are good. Things sail more easily for you going to your destiny. Um, and it's working with you like, okay, this is actually what we wanted. And your ego is actually happy. Like I do want to keep ascending and purifying, you know, um, you have to kind of have that conversation with it of like, you have to be comfortable mm-hmm. with getting purified and not be afraid of it. So, because in the beginning, your ego can be very terrified of your spiritual awakening. I was like, Oh mm-hmm. no. Um, but it doesn't realize that it's about you going to your truest, happiest form in life, that you're about to accomplish that. So when you have that conversation, just to let that part of you know, like, hey, I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this for us. It's more relieved and it's more okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll mature with you. Mm-hmm. I'll change how I how I talk to people. I'll, I'll work on these boundaries that you keep pushing down my face. <laughs> like, <"This is> important. <laughs> um, I'll learn. I'll learn and I'll grow and I'll mature mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. instead of attack you and keep bringing you back to the dark side of suffering, mm-hmm. right? So it just needs to know your intention of like, are you going to keep putting me in that Pandora's box and locking the door and the key and not talking to me again? Because that part of you is always going to get erupted is going to keep banging on that door like don't do that um because it's a living child right you don't want to do that to a child so just talk to it have a conversation with it and miracles come from it when you have that dance instead of the war mm-hmm. beautiful yeah um tara brock i first heard about the tea with mara thing where it's having tea with like your shadow self and also too it's like the jungian thing where it's like we cannot deny any aspects of ourselves and i think about that from like a a greater cultural level when we are putting people experiences or ideas into boxes into spaces where we feel like if we keep pushing them down that they will eventually go away but those sort of things don't really go away, those ideas, those ideologies, those beliefs. So we always have to face them, integrate them, understand them. And that's why a lot of my favorite uh, philosophers and spiritual teachers um, talk a lot about um, understanding the shadow, understanding the darkest parts of humans, understanding the darkness in full and the capacity of how disturbing it can be to be a human on earth so that we can fully understand the human experience because it's all part of it. I wanted to to switch gears as I know we're kind of coming to the end, but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, like galactic beings. Do you work with aliens? Do you work with any galactic beings? What has that experience been like when we're looking in the universe? Yeah, so so an interesting thing about my lineage is that um, my family has always grown up with the gift of dreaming and prophecies and kind of seeing things. And, you know, I always remember my grandmother before she passed, she would always say like, you know, an angel or something, you know, told me a message and those things will come true. And I'm like, well, what was that that talked to you? Um, Or what was visiting you? Through being a kid, through studying, I learned like, I always felt this connection that I'm from this earth, but I'm not. (laughs) Like there's way more to me 
than just being here. And I have memories and dreams when I was a kid about a whole nother society, different things of advancement. Like, yo, I'm not from here. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all the way. Like I'm here for a reason, but there's more to civilization and life. Um, And I was just getting those remembrances. And then as I got older, you know, continuing my own spiritual initiations and healing and cleansing, going through my role and really power, always have, because I have that gift of dreaming, I always saw the galactic beings visit me through dreams first. And they were, and that was a way for them to get more comfortable mm-hmm. or for me to get more comfortable with them of like, okay, we're in the dreams. You're telling me different things and building a relationship with them. I did a lot of, searching with spiritual teachers and elders that were more tapped into galactic information. I learned about, okay, these are, there's such thing as like the negative galactic beings Mm -hmm. that kind of are doing things for the dark force, right? So you have to kind of know like the good and the bad. You can't be absent-minded about it. Um, But through that, I learned, okay, like there is families that are part of me that I feel super connected to and they don't look human. And I started going deeper into that research of like who they are. I started learning how to talk to them through dreams, kind of um, dream walking and astral traveling with them. And through that, they helped me heal a lot. Um, and so there's there's this one part of like soul contracts and and agreements that we understand. But then there's this higher level of like the galactic form, which is like heal and release certain contracts that are still holding you back from different timelines and also from different galactic civilizations that you've had. Um, And so I had, I'm blessed because my galactic family is, is part of my monad or this big universal group, right? And those came through when I was ready for them to come through. And they helped me cleanse a lot through the dream realm of technologies, devices, different vows that I've made um, in different lifetimes that that I was forced to do. And they were saying, you have to release this stuff because this is holding you back from your true potential of being a healer and a leader. You know, this time you have to cleanse yourself. So the Galactics definitely did a lot of deep um, healing um, with my light body, with my mer- Merkaba, um, and, and it goes really deep into like these other dimensions of life that I was traveling to. And it ha- they talked to me and healed me for about two years straight. In those two years, I saw <laughs> life was different. I was totally not grounded to the earth. I was seeing life from a universal perspective. I grieved a lot because of like the world that we're living in. It's going through so much darkness and they helped me see that of like, okay, when you come back to this earth and we get you back grounded to your body, you have to remember these messages that we showed you and help people awaken that there's a bigger picture to all of this and that we're all a cosmic family and you, we have to really take that serious. Um, and so through those two years of deep healing and Help, helping me travel to different realms. Some things are private that I can't talk about because they're like, you just had to experience it. Some things I can talk about of what they showed me. Um, and so through that, they helped me get to a place of you're ready. You're fully ready to come back to your body because now you've connected to your cosmic self. Um, it's not just this human body 
that's trying to think in a higher way. Like you are a cosmic universal intelligence. And now we're going to bring you back to your body so that you fully remember. And so I always wanted to, I'm grateful for that. But I always said that when I was a kid, I wasn't like the other kids because I always feel like I walked between two worlds because I didn't fully go to sleep. And that was part of my pre- birth plan, my own contract with source that I don't really want to play the game of being in the matrix and be as serious as a character as other people are. Um, I want to be awake. So as a kid, I was partially awake. You know, I was seeing spirits. I was seeing energy. I felt vibration off of people, good and bad. Um, and so I always had like this weird two two lives, you know, like the psychic side and being super spiritual, seeing elementals and nature, being tapped into the stars, being tapped into the star nations um, and having that connection, but also having like this human experience of going through poverty, going through violence, racism. Um, so there's like this human side that was super chaotic, but also like the spiritual side of like, there's so much more to this mm. and I'm not supposed to be suffering. We're all not supposed to be suffering because we have birthrights. Um, and so again, after I healed and I got into a certain place in life, the galactics were saying, it's time for us to talk to you and heal. Um, they activated me in a whole nother way of activation with my chakras. Um, and it's not just seven chakras. There's more than seven. Um, and I was going through different dimensions that were super high you know, my favorite dimension is the 55th dimension. Um, I like being there. My higher self is like really enjoys that dimension a lot. So I feel like that's like my home base. Um, but it was really, really high. And I saw a lot of different things. And I really saw life from a quantum sense, from an energetic sense, um, from a love sense. Like the love that the universe has is so massive and so overwhelming that, you know, I cried a lot. Um, but it helped me remember, like, this is who I am. This is, I'm in the creation. I'm in the energy of my parent, my cosmic parents. Um, and the galactics helped me meet my cosmic parents, um, which is, you know, God, the great mother, um, and really be there for a while to understand it, remember different things. And then it was time to come back to the earth, come back to my body and teach of, you know, we can go really, really high. Um, but they also taught me about cleansing and not really necessary because we're going into the galactic space. They're, they have different language because um, it's more subtle and it's more, more loose, right? Um, and so it's not about protection. After a certain point, protection is not needed. Mm -hmm. It's just more about being grounded and having secure boundaries because boundaries and a guarded wall are two different things. Um, and so after I learned a lot from them, I came back to the body. It was about helping people understand the true essence of energy dynamics, that everything is energy literally. Um, and so we have to really cleanse our bodies on an energetic level, open our abilities but cleanse our past lives when our abilities have been attacked, especially as women for like witch hunts or different things that have happened from different religious orders. We have to really cleanse that, really cleanse certain devices or technologies that are in our energy space. Um, and so I learned that they helped me. 
And I'm still connected to the star nations. I'm still connected to um, the Pleiadians, to the Syrians. um, And they're always with me. Um, But now it's more of a, because I understood who they were, I don't see them as above me. I see them as equals. Like, oh, that's my sibling. That's just a family member in that neighborhood up there. Mm-hmm. And they're always with me. Um, and at the beginning, it was kind of like this fascination of like, oh my God, they're so much more smarter than me. Um, I am less than than them. But they taught me, no, no, like we are you. Um, you were actually with us and then you made the decision to play human, you know? So you're just having a fun time down here. But this is who we are as you, you know? And they gave me this profound message about how Earth is a a school, like a prestigious school and why we keep coming here. And I think that message was super important for me to remember and to witness so that I can share that to others of why we are here and why they support us being here. Mm. Yes, I've heard that many times that there are many souls that would love to be in this in this school system and that yeah. we're very lucky to be here. Yeah. You've spoken a few times. This is my last question, just about your lineage. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to close with sharing about your lineage and um, how we could begin to explore our own cosmic lineage. Yeah. So from the human perspective, my mm-hmm. lineages, my blood lineages are Afro-Indigenous. So I am Afro-Taino, which is the Indigenous people of the Caribbean. The Afro part is I'm from and my ancestors, also the Indigenous people of Africa. Um, but also my family has Indigenous um, lineage to the Cherokee and the Blackfoot Indians of the Americas, but we will call it Turtle Island. So I have a very mixed, beautiful family. Um, I learned a lot. I'm very privileged and blessed to learn my ancestral ways from my indigenous side um, because, again, genocide, it makes it very hard and, and not accessible to learn about medicine stories and the ancestral ways of certain prophecies, certain rites of passage, certain ways of being connected. So I'm very grateful for my grandparents who were still deeply devoted to that work and they taught that to us before they transitioned. Um, But also my African-American side. Um, And so I grew up, again, with those two worlds of like having a super spiritual family. Um, We're tapped into our gifts, but also learning that because of so much suffering and trauma. My family was very conservative and quiet about their gifts. And I was getting this message within me, like you have to share and be public and help people because us having these gifts and not using them, what's the point? Um, There's something that we have to use these for. And so growing up, I grew up with a teenage mother in the 90s. So I was blessed in many ways because she kind of taught me or I kind of was growing up in that Afrocentric time period in the 90s of like Black power, love who you are, learning about the government and like the the problems of the government. So I learned that during that uh, time period of me being young, um, but also like the spiritual side of like connect to prayer, connect to dream work, be connected to your ancestors. You know, they're always with us. Grieve. Um, when you feel like grieving, connecting to nature. And my family, especially my grandmother, she was a gardener. Uh, she always talked to plants, medicine. She was a medicine wo- woman and an herbalist. And so that really helped me with my childhood of like, okay, 
I like this, but also that other side of the coin of like, you're getting picked on because like you're a hippie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, why are you doing that? You're black um, or, you know, you don't look indigenous. So I had to go through a lot of trauma in finding and healing my identity um, because I, w- I did feel alone for the most part, especially um, in Ohio. But through that side of the trauma and the, and the rough childhood part, there was that spiritual part that always held me and always talked to me and, and helped me through a lot. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Ray. I always say Ohio mm. has very special things happening. It's very weird. Yeah. There's very much some very <laughs> weird portals. Serpent Mound is in Ohio. It's in Dayton. Yeah. Um, I think they took the plane from the Roswell crash to Dayton, Ohio too. There was actually like alien craft that the government has taken to Ohio Yeah. Um, to break apart. So Ohio is like very weird. It's like a very weird portal. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. Hometown, yeah. hometown girls for life. But um, this has been so beautiful and I'm just so grateful to be connected. Um, so grateful to to just consume your work digitally and then also to have worked with you. Um, our sessions were really powerful. We're excited that the community now knows you. So I'd love for them, if they want to connect with you more, which I'm sure they would, for you to share where they can find you. Yes. So my name is Ray. I'm an Afro-Indigenous medicine woman, an evolutionary astrologer. And so if you feel called to my work of learning about the plants and the stars of your birth and understanding your purpose, understanding the challenges of your life, we can do astrology sessions. Um, But also if you want more of a personal deep healing, I do offer shamanic healings and cleanses for the womb for the heart, um, for the spirit and the mind of people. Um, There's extractions. If you feel like, okay, there's a lot of heaviness, I need help, I can provide that. But also for women, I love helping women come back to their power, come back to that um, shamanic perspective of like the goddess energy. Um, So that's there. And I have a website. It's called supernalsacredspace.com. And my social media outlets are Twitter and Instagram. And it's the same name. It's Black Soul Theory, um, B-L-K-S-O-L Theory. And I am always channeling every day through Twitter and through Instagram. So if you just want to see my work, you can go through there. Um, but I'll happily welcome you to my community of mm-hmm. you know spiritual healing and classes and offerings. Um, but I'm very grateful to have been here mm. to talk to you both, to heal you both in mm-hmm. different ways um, and to you know share my story, share my medicine on your platform. I'm really grateful. Oh, same. True so medicine. Thank I feel like you, a Ray. membership workshop. I know. That's our next step. I think our members would truly love that. Yeah. Thank you, Ray. Thank I you, Ray. appreciate you so much. Can't wait to meet you in person one day. Yes. And yes. Um, yeah, we will see you soon. Sending you so much yeah. love. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bye Ray. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much, Ray. You can connect with Ray on Twitter at B-L-K-S-O-L Theory on Twitter, Black Soul Theory on Twitter. And then her website is supernalsacredspace.com, S-U-P-E-R-N-A-L, sacredspace.com. You can check out her services and blog. She's just incredible.
Thank you all for listening. As always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to them all and get the newest ones in your inbox on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Follow us on Instagram at almost 30 podcast. I'm at Lindsay Simsick and Krista is at it's Krista. We love you so much, so much. Thank you for being who you are always and for allowing us to be just a little part of your greater evolution. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.